One of the most polarizing things you can call someone with a disability is inspirational. People either love it or hate it. My name is Nate. I'm a wheelchair user, and I call my show We're the Inspiration, featuring real stories about people with disabilities and some of the people closest to them. These stories are not designed to inspire, just to entertain. With me today, I have someone who the last couple of times I've talked to them, I had some ideas on my end, but while I took a holiday break from the podcast, he said, we should catch up on some things soon. So that's what we're going to do right here on the show. Alex Gonzalez, thank you for being the inspiration for another episode. Thank you for having me back on the uh, podcast. And what's going on, you guys? Good to be back. You know, what's funny is we always talk about the fact that I, well, the word I playfully use is meatheads. We work out, you know, and yeah. I, I started that long before you did, but, you know, you're kind of heavy in, into it the way that I used to be. I showed you earlier that I found my powerlifting passport. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. yeah I, I saw that. I'm like, oh, dang, it used to be red. Yeah. Dang. It's mostly white now with like a little bit of blue on it. Yeah, it's kind of funny because I... Inside is a picture of me from right before I turned 20 years old. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's how long I was involved with them, man. (laughs) (laughs) How long ago, maybe I should say. (laughs) I think I started 22, 23. I was 22, 23 when I first got in. I started lifting kind of under doctor's orders because my doctor at the time when I was about... 10, 11 years old, wanted me to walk with crutches and to get my upper body stronger in order to do that. So that's why I started working out. Right. Yeah. And I just ended up really liking it. Same here. Not the doctor's orders club. I started working out and just ended up really loving it. As you know, as well as some of the other people that might be listening, uh, I grew up in sports. I mean, it started with the Falcons with you and David and all the coaches that were with us during my time that started late 1999 that's when my passport here is dated 1999 literally three days before i turned 20 years old wow i know yeah so i started with basketball in 99 went on to do a couple of other stuff tennis ice hockey all that stuff, but none of it ever stuck. But powerlifting, you know, something I technically started in high school, that stuck. It's interesting to me that you found that apart, and I know you told the story before, but you found it apart from any adaptive sports program. That's right. Yeah. Uh, technically, lifting, just lifting in general, I started in high school with the football coach as my phys ed credit. And then after graduation, I just joined a normal gym and snowballed from there. You know, what's funny is today I was at the gym and I put up 235 on the incline bench. After I did that, you know, one of the trainers asked me, do you do flat bench? I said, yeah, but it's kind of hard to set myself up on it. So he asked me, did you ask him for a wider one? I was like, I didn't know I could do that. He said, well, they're not going to listen to the trainers. You do it yourself. There's what they call fat benches, which are much thicker and much wider as well. Mm-hmm. They look very similar to what we use in powerlifting. I don't have this anymore, but at home I used to have a bench that was, I don't know how much wider it was, but it was longer. 
So like, whereas if you are doing normal bench, and I say normal in a way to convey that if you do it and you can walk, you're probably going to have your feet on the ground. But I used to have a bench long enough to sustain the length of my whole leg. So my feet didn't dangle on it. Oh, that's that's nice. I guess there was an attachment on it for leg presses, and that's why that was the case. And I wasn't doing leg presses, but it still worked for me anyway. Right, yeah. Yeah. If you're in a wheelchair and you want to play a prank on somebody in the gym, just say, it's leg day today. (laughs) Yeah. Something I like to do is I'll just get out of my chair on purpose. It freaks people out. Just because of the way that I do it, it looks like I fell. But I didn't, and it makes me laugh when I see like reactions and people coming up. Are you okay? I'm like, yeah, no, I'm good. Do this a thousand times a day. You know, I've seen a lot of people do that over the years, and I just don't don't have the mobility anymore to really do that and be able to get back up easily. <laughs> so I don't do things <laughs> like that. Right. There have been times where I accidentally fell, and. I guess people were impressed by the fact that I was able to get back up. Right. Speaking of which, now that you said that, did I tell you the story of when I fell at Disney World kind of recently? We have not talked about you going to Disney World recently, so I don't think so. I want to say it was 2021. Still COVID stuff. Still okay. It wasn't bad. We had gone. Star Wars Galaxy's Edge had just opened up okay and they have this ride where you can basically drive the millennium falcon hmm. right it's really cool and it's like this is like this long line so we found the back of the line because we we're like i really want to do it i really want to do it and as we're going i saw there was like a, a bump on the road so i did a wheelie to get over it like one does what i didn't notice is that immediately after the bump there was like a little crack a bump and then a crack a bump and then a crack but you couldn't see the crack i didn't see the crack i only saw the bump so i got over the bump and then when i landed and leaned forward to put my casters back on the ground my casters hit the crack and i ended up falling forward onto the ground it didn't hurt i was fine i got back in my chair i get back in line these two cast members are like speed walking towards us (laughs) and very calmly, but you can see the distress in their face, but very calmly they asked me, are you okay? We're so sorry. That's not supposed, that wasn't supposed to happen. I'm trying to reassure them. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm good. We're good. It happens all the time. Mind you, the line was a 45 minute wait. Oh, wow. For where we were. After the incident, they said, come with us, and they let us cut the whole line to get on the ride to get on the ride. Yeah, I guess if you're a massive Star Wars fan, that that's a pretty cool thing to do. So I could imagine like a 45 minute wait for that ride for sure. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. No, but just just the whole experience of having that happen. Yeah. It's like kind of funny. To get to the gym that I go to, if I start from the parking garage across the street, I have the same situation because there's a an auto body shop 
right next to the gym. And it's the only place, unless I go to the corner, which is kind of out of the way, that really has a ramp. But mm-hmm. this has got cars coming in and out of it all the time. So, like, the pavement is damaged right beyond this ramp. So it's the same thing. Like, you have kind of a ditch and then mm-hmm. the ramp. And there was one situation where I just kind of hit the edge of the ramp wrong. I kind of fell the same way into the ditch part, but I fell backwards and I knew I was going to fall. So I caught myself, but part of my wheelchair was still on the ramp part. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't straighten myself out. So I had to fall the rest of the way. That's rough. Yeah. I feel like if you're a wheelchair user, no matter what, you're going to have your fair share of tumbles. Well, yeah, that comes with the territory, but it's probably better to learn early, which is why I used to say for the Fairfax Falcons when I was a coach, so many people were falling out of their chairs left and right. I used to say, you know, you're not a member of this team until you fall out. Yep, that's right. It's a rite of passage for you to fall. Exactly. And not only a rite of passage for you to fall, but to figure out how to get back up. Yep. Yep. And fortunately, that was easy for a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Even as I got older on the team, I still upheld that standard of learning to fall and getting back up and having that be a right about I, I still upheld that. Well, you know, the more you did it, the easier it was. Yeah, exactly. But what I mean is, like, when whenever a new kid would come in, that's, like, that's what I would tell them. I'm like, you're not part of the team unless you fall and get back up. Right. I used to say that to people's faces. Yeah. And I had a smile on my face when I said it, but... Yeah, same here. Yeah. My dad, you know, taught me early, if you're falling backwards, put your chin to your chest. Protect the back of your head. Have you ever had that happen when you were just sitting there and doing nothing? And you just fall backwards? Fall backwards. For no reason at all, other than maybe just leaning back too far? Yeah. Yes. It's weird, isn't it? It's really weird. There was this one tumble that I had as a kid. Mm-hmm. It traumatized me, and it traumatized my dad because he was with me when when it happened. I was, I want to say eight, nine. I was, just, I was little. I was at Home Depot. I had dropped off my chair to get fixed because something was going on with it. Was either the brakes or one of the wheels. You had people at Home Depot fix it. I dropped it off at uh, East Coast Rehab. Okay. Uh, with JB when he was still around. He, JB, had given me a chair that I could use because my dad had to go to Home Depot to do some, you know, grab some stuff for work, right? Mm-hmm. Problem is, while this chair did fit me, it did not have the anti-tip bars that my chair had at the time. Okay. Being a child, I want to, you know, test my limits and be stupid. Well, for the record, I never had those. You never had anti-tip bars? I never had anti-tip bars. I did growing up for a little while, I think until I was like 12. So the chair that I was using while mine was getting fixed did not have anti-tip bars. So I'm at Home Depot and I'm getting bored while dad's looking for whatever he's looking for. I start popping little wheelies, like just little ones. Oh, no. 
one to two inches off the ground type of wheels, little tiny ones. And I'm doing this, I'm having fun. <laughs> one of them gets away from me and I fall backwards. And I had already learned the put your chin to your chest thing. My dad had already taught me that, but it had happened so quickly and I wasn't expecting it. I didn't have time to put my chin to my chest. So when I went backwards, my head hit the concrete floor at the home Oof. I got pretty messed up. My shut broke. I had to go to the hospital. I had to go to the hospital. I got a brand new shunt that day, put on the other side of my head because they couldn't take the old one out. Wait, so you have two shunts now? One broken, one working, yes. Ooh. I guess for people maybe that don't have spina bifida, we should explain what a shunt is, but... Yeah. Yeah. So a shunt, basically it's uh, the tube, essentially, that helps transfer excess brain fluid from that area to... uh, Is it the stomach? I don't know if there are different lengths for one or not, but I think mine does go down there. Yeah, I think mine does too. I think mine goes down to the stomach. But yeah, it's basically because there's a lot of people with spinal bifida that have something called hydrocephalus, which is basically excess brain fluid. I've never heard it described as excess brain fluid. People have laughed when I just said it's water on the brain. Excess brain fluid, I guess, sounds more technical. I don't know. Technical medical terminology, I guess. Yeah, right. For people that have hydrocephalus, we need the shunts to help with the transfer of the brain fluid. And so when I took that tumble and I hit my head, the one that I've had since I was a baby broke that day. Now I really want to make a zombie movie. It's called Brain Fluid. (laughs) That would actually be kind of cool. Yeah. That would be fun. No, talking about wheelies, though, I used to frighten my teachers when I was in school by, I wasn't being disruptive or anything like that, but I would do wheelies to the point where, like, my head was back against a wall. I wasn't in any danger of falling over. Right. You know, because I knew I was secure, but they'd apparently never seen anybody do that before. (laughs) I did something similar in high school. I used to do something similar. I would just back up against the wall and then I would do a regular wheelie and then because my back was against the wall I would just slide down the wall until my knees were literally pointing up into the sky wow like I would be like just like really just low low to the ground but I would but I'm like up against the wall so I I don't think I ever went that far but (laughs) I did that my freshman year, all throughout my freshman year of high school. Hmm. And you graduated, so obviously it worked out for you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I know this is random, but this is one of the ways that you and I have kind of been communicating lately. Mm-hmm. Tell me why you have four different TikTok accounts. One for every part of my life i don't want to have one tiktok account that is like oh here's one video about painting and then one video about my comic book and then one video about my cosplay stuff and that like the way i want to do it and it's just easier on my brain is like okay this talk to talk is about my personal life 
this one's about cosplay, this one's about my paintings, this one's about my comic book, and that's it. Why wouldn't you be able to talk about those things on the same account? I mean, I, I could. It's just, it just keeps me more organized, I guess. And I know myself, I need more organization. I don't like admitting it, but I know that I do. I think a lot of people would find it able to do. So it just helps to keep me organized. It's just an organization tactic for me. I feel you on that, but I think it would work the opposite for me. I would kind of be too afraid to like go into the wrong one <laughs> and start talking about something that I would normally talk about on a different one. I don't know, but that's why when on all my different ones, it's a different profile picture. So I, I know which mm. one I'm going into. I hear you. But we're going to hold each other to that. As soon as I get to a thousand followers on TikTok, we're going to start going live together. Absolutely. Let's do it. Yeah. And it'll be much like what we're doing right now. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's not necessarily a plug, but it's kind of funny that I've never taken social media very seriously. And... I've been told since I started the podcast, I should take it more seriously. And it just so happens that TikTok is probably my favorite social media tool, I guess, just because of the storytelling element, which is kind um, of the same I, as here. It's just a little bit shorter form, you know? Right, exactly. Uh, for me, my bread and butter in terms of social media is Instagram, I think. Not that I don't enjoy TikTok. I do. I love it. I'm just not as inclined in the actor arts. I'm not very good at acting, figuring out how to do skits and stuff, you know. Now, I know you don't have to do on TikTok, but for what my accounts are about, I feel like they would benefit more for, you know, like skits and stuff. And I'm just not good at that. Especially if you're going to try to convey the superhero stuff. Yeah, exactly. I'm still trying to, you know, figure that out. Like, I know how I want him to be. I know how I want him to, like, act and stuff. I want him to be very Superman-esque in his bedside manner, I guess. Well, if you're going to pick a superhero to kind of model him after, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what I need to do and what I'm trying to do now is study superheroes like Superman and, and stuff like that and try to get that right. But at the same time, also putting bits of me into it, just so that it's not like a caricature of some something else. Well, you're doing this at the right time, because there is no shortage of material for you to sort of research superheroes at this point. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if you have something like Disney Plus. Right. Which obviously you do. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean I do too but I don't label myself a, a Disney lover on social right. media right? right yeah nothing uh, not that I have anything against Disney but right yeah you want to know something I want to know a lot that, of things but go ahead <laughs> you know I call myself Disney lover on TikTok and like I do and I love you know watching like the animated Disney movies and stuff right sure but here's the thing. When it comes to Disney Plus, mm -hmm. I actually find myself going on the Nat Geo the National Geographic section and watching documentaries more often than not. Really? 
yeah, I find myself watching the National Geographic documentaries more than anything else on on uh, Disney Plus. That's one thing I haven't done with it yet, but go on. They're actually really interesting. It's a series, but it's hosted by the same person, but it's like it's different. It's like a um, different crap. country or a different animal. Yeah, or something exactly. Like that. It's like yeah, exactly. This 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 dude, he goes to different countries in search of old architecture and evidence of civilizations gone by there's one in particular about the mayans where they actually through this new technology called lidar they discovered some new sites of a mayan city that uh, until then was undiscovered the host's name is albert lynn he's an amputee oh okay i think that's just he's so cool that he is goes, cool he, he he goes to like all these different countries and, and finds all the different stuff. Like it's so cool. Okay. I'm going to have to check some of those out. Interesting thing about the Mayans. I'll tell you, did you ever hear the Mayan theory that the world was going to end in 2012? Yep. 2012. Okay. The funny thing about that is the day after the Mayans said the world was going to end, I had a radio shift at my last station Mm-hmm. So I said, if you're hearing this, the minds were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Took you a minute, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, it did. Yeah, took, took me a second. Yeah. But I got away with it. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> so how's the comic book process going? Uh, the comic book process is going extremely well. I was telling you, and I think I mentioned it the last time I was on here, my script is done. I've been working with an artist for the last couple of months. It's been getting pages done very quickly. I think this year, the uh, the comic book will be done. And if people don't know what we're talking about, you know, you've sort of created your own disabled superhero. and that's right. Yep, that's right. We went into more detail about that in past episodes, but Mm -hmm. we're still, or at least I'm still finding little by little more about it. Cause I didn't know that you were trying to draw inspiration directly from some superheroes that already existed. Yeah. Just like inspiration in terms of like mannerisms and like how they act. Mm-hmm. right like because so, like for example the flash for example you know he's definitely a superhero he's also kind of a goofy he's a goofy guy you know i never really pictured my superhero in particular to be you know like a goofy guy so like for me flash isn't really something i, I wanted to go after batman's a bit too dark and brooding <laughs> for this character but superman for this in particular i really feel is is kind of where i I want my character to be more like but still be me so that you as you read it it, i hope that there will be just enough difference i've been a huge batman fan my whole life other than that i don't really know a lot about most comics other than like seeing the movies and stuff but what's funny about that is when i tell people i'm a batman fan i always get the same response if anyone's ever critical about it 
you're not brooding enough to be Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I love Batman. He's my favorite character. He's my favorite superhero. He really is. Okay, you uh, too. Okay. He really is. And honestly, I think like, let, let me ask you this. Sure. Uh, out of all the Batman that you know, mm-hmm. that have played him on screen, who's your favorite? Well, this is an interesting question because I think for the live action Batman people, Batman people, <laughs> I think for the people that have played Batman in live action, I always kind of separate it between like the people that played good Bruce Wayne's and good Batman's because right, I think it's yeah. I think it's separate. For example, you know, and I'll, I'll pull this from not the most recent, but the recent example would be Christian Bale. I thought it was a great Bruce Wayne, but I'll never forgive him for the Batman boys. Yeah, no, I mean, it was definitely a choice. The Batman boys. Yeah. But to answer your question, I think, of course, you know, a few months ago, the greatest voice of Batman, Kevin Conroy, died. Passed away, yeah. Which is terrible. But I don't think anybody captured both Bruce Wayne and Batman like he did, but... I think just in terms of the live action stuff, I would go with Michael Keaton. Yeah, okay, I can see that. Um, his, his Bruce Wayne was a little weak. That's just because he doesn't look like a rich guy, right? Right. I think, well, I know he surprised a lot of people when he played Batman, how good it was, it, it actually was. And his movie definitely has a, a huge following. I mean, to this day, like I, like I remember... He was a keynote speaker at a college graduation and he ended his speech with I'm Batman. Yeah, I'm Batman. And the whole (laughs) crowd went wild. I think after he played Batman, there was this influx of actors that they cast probably just because they looked like Bruce Wayne would look. You had Val Kilmer, you had George Clooney, you had Christian Bale. You have Robert Pattinson now going a different way with Bruce Wayne, which I don't really like his interpretation of Bruce Wayne. I was not a fan of the movie, period. I thought it was okay. But I didn't I'm, I'm mind I didn't mind his Batman. I thought the movie itself was kind of an on screen interpretation, maybe, of the Arkham games, because it was a lot darker than right. any movie before it. And it definitely wasn't my favorite, but I can appreciate it for being different. Yeah, I can appreciate it for being different. I got to say, though, you know, if I if I really got to think about who's my favorite. Yeah. You know, to put to Don the Cape and Cal. Yeah. um, It's got to be Ben Affleck. Okay. For For me, it's Ben Affleck. You know what? I think for me, he might be number two. I will say one thing. Okay. The fighting with Ben Affleck was, well, of course, he's going to be slow. He's bigger, but it felt too slow. It's hard for me to be critical of those movies based on the fighting, unless I think those scenes are too long, but like, the Batman versus Superman movie that Ben Affleck was Batman in, you know, mm-hmm. one of the only reasons I saw that was to see if it was as bad as people said it was. Right. 
I, I thought the movie was okay, but the highlight was definitely Ben Affleck as Batman. Oh yeah. I've never been, and I might get roasted for this because a lot of people are up in arms about him not playing Superman anymore, but I've never been a fan of Henry Cavill as Superman. And I think part of that is the choices that were made in let's say man of steel because mm-hmm. first of all one of the key elements of the mythos of superman is that lois lane doesn't really know who he is mm-hmm. and she finds out in like 15 minutes that clark Kent and superman are the same person didn't work for me right right yeah and the other thing that didn't work for me in that movie is how quickly it seemed that Superman was okay with killing his enemies. You know what? I, I didn't really think about that until you just said it. I didn't really think about that. But you're right. That, that is kind of a, a little bit problematic, isn't it? I can't remember. Was it Batman versus Superman? Also, they had that dream sequence when batman had a gun that didn't work for me either because batman doesn't use guns <laughs> he doesn't he <laughs> he despises guns because so he a, yeah it's weird like i i understand that the bigger you are it is going to be kind of harder for you to move more quickly yeah but i, I feel like the way Ben Affleck fought could have been a, just a little bit faster, like a little bit more, like, or more aggressive. I don't know. Well, one of the things you got to keep in mind with his interpretation of Batman, it's older than most other interpretations. Right. Old Bruce. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I think about it. I'm just like, why couldn't you fight the way Robert Pattinson fought, or at least closer to that? Because <laughs> the way Robert Pattinson fought in his movie, that's the one thing I liked about that movie is sure. how aggressive he was in his fighting. How I take I don't take any prisoners his fighting style was. That's like the one thing I liked about his interpretation. Well, you know, you could say that whole movie, the Batman, the one Pattinson did, was probably intended to be more violent than any other Batman movie before it. Mm-hmm. Although the Nolan movies had some violence to it, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I feel like the Bat, the Batman, you know, Robert Pattinson film, was definitely less of a look how Batman can fight because we've seen that already. Right. And I feel like it was geared more towards like, okay, this, you've seen how he fights. Look, this is his detective side. Yes, he's supposed to be a really great fighter, but he's also supposed to be the world's greatest detective. And I think that's what they were going for in The Batman. I think yes and no. I think maybe they were starting to show that, but I also realized that compared to some others, especially Affleck, Pattinson's version was a younger Batman. So he's probably not supposed to have those honed detective skills quite yet. Right. He might be developing them, which is not a bad idea to showcase that in a movie. But I don't think 
it's really supposed to tell you that that side of him is fully developed yet. Right. Okay. That's just my opinion. I mean, yeah, no, I, I, that makes sense. I, that is definitely, you know, he is a, a, a younger Bruce Wayne is, is, is definitely like a year one type yeah. Batman. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. Like a year one, especially because, you were talking about the thing that you will never forgive about Christian Bale is the fact that he sounds like he has a bad cold when he's bad. Yeah, that terrible. Um, yeah, for me, I have just so many things about the Batman that I that I didn't like, but there was one that I was just like, no, absolutely not. Even in year one, his tech had to have been better than this. The flight suit. When you see him jump off of the building for the first time so that he can fly. And he's wearing one of those air glider suits where you go like base jumping. I would have to watch it again to really determine how I felt about that. To me, he just looked like a giant flying squirrel. I'm just like, even in the first year or two, he had to have better tech than that. Come on. Again, you know, these are things that you're not trying to model your own character after so right yeah so in the real grand scheme of things i can enjoy it or not enjoy it but it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things all right let's end on a high note alex i want to thank you for being the inspiration for yet another episode certainly not the last and <laughs> thank to thanks to everybody else for listening remember we're on tiktok discord youtube Facebook, and Twitter. Links are going to be in the description. Until next time, this is Nate Lurie saying, you don't always have to do a lot to inspire others.